So today, ladies and gentlemen, I have to bring you the unfortunate news that Kanye West has not been elected as the next president of the United States. And I know you're all looking forward to four years, possibly eight years of yay in the White House. I'm sorry. Giving- who, who, was, who, who was looking forward to that? I was. I mean, no. it would have been free Yeezys for everybody. Is that not reason alone to nominate Kanye as the president of the United States? Absolutely not. I have to disagree with you there. Oh my gosh. Well, I mean, in real news, because you know we we <laughs> we support real news, not fake news. We're back. It's been a while. It feels like it's been like three months. I know. Maybe it has. I don't even know. <laughs> I'm happy though. I, I'm thankful for the break. I mean, it's also weird coming back to like a new president, you know? Eh, not really for me. I mean, it's also the president of the United States, not Canada. Yes, this is true. I don't think many people actually know that there is no like written place in the constitution where the prime minister can't just continue to be the prime minister. <laughs> Oh, no, there are terms. There are terms, but, but there's no fixed terms. Yes, you can yeah. technically be prime minister forever if you <laughs> were elected by the people. Yeah, but that's not what we're talking about today. Um, I'm really happy. Today was a good day. It's November 7th. Joe Biden and Kamala Harris are the president and vice president-elect. And the orange, fascist, white supremacist, racist, current president, Donald J. Trump, 45, is fired. (laughs) Personally, I'm not that thrilled about the news because although I am happy that, well, let me clarify, I am very happy that Donald Trump is going to be kicked out of the White House. I just have no excitement for Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. Well, eh, I think I'm more of an optimist and and I know that I'm an idealist. And I think I really appreciated hearing Joe Biden during his um his press conference, like saying the words systemic racism. I'm like, wow, I love hearing those from a future president, even if they're just uh, lip service words, you know. But part of the reason why I was so happy and I kind of went crazy on Instagram. If you're watching my stories, I, I'm sorry, I usually don't post this much, but I posted a lot. But I was so happy because more than I wanted Biden to win. Because yes, he he is an uninspiring candidate, or was, now he's, you know, the president-elect. I just wanted Trump to lose. I have never wanted someone so badly to lose. (laughs) Like, never in my entire, I just, I wanted that smirk on his face to be wiped off, and like, Don Jr. and Candace Owens, and Ben Shapiro, like, everyone who just like, Trump landslide 2020. I wanted to just like play the NSYNC song like bye 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 was in my head all day. (laughs) And I have no shame about that. So yeah, I feel you. I'm not super like, I don't have much hope of things changing on a revolutionary level with the new people who are going to be in office. But I just, I don't even care. I literally don't care because Trump is gone and that's all I have ever wanted. I want to touch on that point where you said that you think what Biden said was lip service. And <laughs> I, I said, I said, even if it's just lip service. Yeah, like, I don't think it is. I think even though he definitely has made some mistakes in the past um, in terms of his policies and all that kind of stuff. For me, my issue with him is not necessarily his views, but more so what he believes the solutions are. Mm. Because... Even in the past, um, like decades ago, during apartheid in South Africa, he was very against the U.S. and their current stance on the issue. To them, it was not an important issue. It's like, you know, this is 
South Africa's problem, you know, the people should be able to deal with it democratically. He was definitely not for that rhetoric that they were using at the time. Mm -hmm. And he was very passionate about it. I think the problem is, I just personally don't agree with the way he believes he can fix the problems in America. Like he believes that, or he foolishly believes that (laughs) cops need more funding in the United States, despite the many calls for the police to be defunded in the country. Right. So it's like, sure, maybe he, I don't believe he, you know, hates black people or whatever, or Mm -hmm. that he doesn't care about black people. But I don't believe his policies are actually going to help black people. Wanting to give the police more money is just a dangerous thing to do. But that's just how I see it. Yeah, there's a lot to unpack there. And I don't even know where to start. I think I will. I think I will start by saying one. That's all very, very fair. I do appreciate that, you know, that he does acknowledge the presence and the reality of systemic racism. Even just, yeah, as an acknowledgement, I think it's really important and valid to hear those words from the highest office in the land. That being said, I I mean, not just on Joe Biden's policies, like we could talk about the 94 crime bill and how that impacted, you know, specifically black men at a disproportional rate. And we can talk about Kamala Harris's past and, you know, all the <laughs> bones and skeletons that are in that closet, that could be a whole episode in and of itself. But in all that to say, I think that there is no way Joe Biden or any other president-elect or presidential candidate could have run under what many would consider more left-leaning views, for anyone to talk about more substantial policy things to rectify those real issues would have been seen as too leftist. They have to play the game of being moderate still. Yeah, they're Democrats, and yes, they're on the left, but there's a line that people aren't willing to cross. And I think in the past, the mistake is often made that America is so progressive and that most of the country is forward thinking and understands all these different concepts and yet yet yet. and what we've realized in in more recent history is that that could couldn't be further from the truth that there are more people who actually have these views many would consider harmful uh than those who have more quote progressive views and even those who have those quote progressive views there's still work to be done and there are areas in which things could be improved and there are still you know, traces of racism and and implicit bias and all these things that have a negative impact. I don't think we should say traces because it's more than traces at this point. For sure. I I mean, I just think that the progressive left, like white liberalism, it's just, it's so stale. Like, but again, kind of to the point that I'm making, that's the president that America can afford. They're not at a place where they're ready for someone to say with their full chest, this country is built on racism and will continue to operate in a way that benefits those who are white That and it will continue to uphold white supremacy and that will permeate every fabric of society well, until it is rooted out. No one, no, I don't one know. Is, I don't... no one is ready for that kind of president, especially not in the States. I don't think the majority is ready for that. And you need the majority to elect you. I don't know if I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I agree with that. I just think we haven't seen like there are candidates who would go that far. For example, Bernie Sanders. But yeah, it was and he clear lost that, twice. Yes, so... but it was clear that, the, well, he had a lower chance of winning this time around because 
Biden definitely has a bigger name, especially having been the vice president before. But it was clear that when he ran against Hillary, the Democratic Party preferred Hillary. She was a preferred candidate. Mm-hmm. And it was clear that they did what they had to do to make sure that she actually won over him. So it's not to say that there isn't candidates out there who like wouldn't go that far, but I just think it's not the candidates that the Democratic Party is willing to choose. They'd rather just go with the safer option, you know. Biden is the safe option. He's the establishment candidate. Bernie is a little bit too far for them. Yeah. Even though in a lot of respects... But like, not just too far for them. He's too far for the country. But I don't this think This is America is. we're talking about. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think he's too far for the country. I mean, sure, it is America, but... I think that's what people would have thought about a candidate like AOC, yet she managed to pull off a pretty convincing victory when she ran. Is it mm. is it that is it that America isn't ready or is it that there that's not a good just aren't any candidates? That's not a good example because AOC is from New York. <laughs> yes, she is from New York, but I'm not I'm not saying like they have to be as like New York prides themselves as like the spearheads of liberalism that can be traced back to like Brown v. Board of Education, where they they essentially New York State tried to say, you know, we're so progressive, like we don't even have issue of segregation in our schools. And there's a podcast that I've been recommending on my socials, but it's called Nice White Parents. And it actually dispels the notion New York State and many other quote progressive areas as being as progressive as they think they are even like and this is a a jump off point but like california like you had that crazy incident in bakersfield where these like crazy trump supporters were harassing and borderline assaulting you know this woman just because she had a black lives matter flag on her car and she wasn't even black and it was this huge thing and the and people were saying the n-word and it was just awful but people think of california as like oh it's so progressive and yet yeah but that's not all of california maybe la but it's a whole state so i yeah. just think just to bring it back like with the point about aoc i just think that one, it's New York, so it is very different. But two, even in those situations like where you do have people or places or areas or conglomerates that claim to be, you know, more progressive, a lot of times that progressiveness is limited or it's moderated. You know, there's only so much AOC can really do and there's only so much that she can really push for because of the role she's in. That kind of activism, I don't ever see making it to the presidency. I'm not necessarily saying that like, the candidate has to be like AOC or that she herself would win the presidency. Although it would be interesting to see her run for it. Oh, I'd love but to see her run for it. <laughs> it's more so just the idea that, you know, we think of what the stereotypical candidate looks like. And mm-hmm. she ran against that stereotypical candidate and won. Yeah. I think maybe we have this idea that, you know, a super progressive candidate can't win, but mm-hmm. I don't think that's necessarily true. I think the right candidate could. For example, look at AOC and Bernie. They are definitely considered much more left-leaning than the majority of the Liberal Party. But not to say that Bernie's a bad candidate, but I think AOC comes off uh, much better than he does. I think it's just just the right candidate because she definitely comes off as someone who's very smart or very intelligent, right? Yeah. And not to say Bernie doesn't, but like, Mm. I don't know, like your persona and your, your persona changes a lot about how people look at you you can have more progressive views but like just the way you present them kind of changes how people actually see they might not necessarily see you as being that progressive that reminds me of um 
Oh my gosh, I'm trying to remember his name. Is it Marshall McLuhan? He coined this term, the medium is the message. And just this idea of like, just I think to what, to speaks to what you're saying, the way that something is presented is often more important than what's actually being presented. Yeah. And I, I agree with that. Like AOC has a huge, I mean, not even just following, but like, even like a global reputation, like young people just love her. Like exactly. she's, she's kind of just won a lot of people over. So I do hear you. I don't think it's impossible. I do think everyone has their quote day in court. And you're right. Like, you know, you never know if something's going to happen if the opportunity has never been there. Yeah. Just on the topic, I'm reminded of Andrew Yang's campaign that he had for his Democratic nomination or an attempt to win the Democratic nomination. <laughs> you know, he came up with the idea of the freedom dividend. And it's universal basic income, but, you know, you say that and some people might think, you know, oh, you know, it's basically socialism or whatnot. But after some focus groups, testing and all that other stuff, him and his team determined that calling it the freedom dividend made people much more accepting of the idea. Just a simple way that he named something changed people's perception of it. Mm. And if Bernie Sanders came out and said, you know, we're going to give people universal based income, it's going to be this much money every month or whatnot, people would be like, oh, he's just a socialist. You know, he wants, Which he wants the country crazy. to be like, communist. doesn't want free money? <laughs> I don't know. Well, it's, I mean, it's much more complicated than that. It's not just like sure. free money. Oh, There's no, I know. Other things that go along with it. But yeah. just but by just naming something. But the idea that you could get money is like, you know? <laughs> <laughs> People are strange. But yeah, it's like you call very. you call something the freedom dividend and all of a sudden like that's very appealing to Americans. Mm-hmm. So I think the right person would definitely be able to talk about those issues or do those things. It's just you got to be the right person and you got to come up with the right messaging. That's a hard one to sell though for me because even Joe Biden, like everyone's calling him a socialist and you had all these people at Trump rallies saying ridiculous things like if he wins, I'm I don't want to be under a socialist government and a com- all this nonsense. And I'm like, really, you expect socialism from a career politician? This man will he's the definition of the status quo. That was already too much. Well, but most Trump supporters aren't operating on logic. But I think Trump is yeah, also a good right. example. <laughs> the things that Trump has said and gone away with isn't something that any other conservative politician or any any other politician before him would have gone away with. Yeah. The fact is, he was just the right person. Mm. He was the right person to have that kind of far-right message and to say the ridiculous things that he did. Like, he would just blatantly lie. <laughs> every day he every day he logged on Twitter and told lies. And, you know, lying is synonymous with politicians and politics in general. But for this man to just tell the blatant lies that he did for all these years, and we've just accepted that as a new normal, that tells me that he was just the right person to do that kind of thing. So if Donald Trump is the right person for the conservative party for that kind of far right message, I think there is definitely someone who might be, you know, the same thing for the Democratic Party. We just haven't found that person yet. I mean, you are right about one thing. Donald Trump has said some crazy things that no one else has ever said in that office or would have been able to say before him. Like, do you remember when he called Stormy Daniels a horse face? Yeah. Like, I can't. I also remember him criticizing, you know, Ted Cruz's wife, although he eventually fell in line when he realized that Donald Trump was going to win the nomination. Right. And so maybe that's the difference between Republicans and Democrats. And I've heard this said, I think, on The Breakfast Club, but it's like Republicans fall in line, Democrats fall in love. And for that reason, I would find it hard 
for Democrats to like back a strongly left-leaning candidate and like see it through. Well, hold on. What, what do you mean by Democrats fall in love? Democrats are divided in what they want from a political candidate and the party itself is fractured. And so as a result, when somebody comes along for the presidency or to be nominated for the presidency or, or even for the primaries, they need to like be absolutely convinced and like, you know what I mean? It has to be the right person. It's the reason why Joe Biden was chosen over Kamala Harris and over Bernie Sanders. It's like they want this perfectly packaged, you know, political liberal, whereas Republicans want to win. And so therefore they will just fall in line. Yeah, I guess that, that is true to an extent. So before we go any further, we did just want to say we're really excited that in season two, we now have a way that you guys can support us, all our lovely listeners. We use an app called Anchor to upload and distribute this podcast. And so if you want to support us, you can actually click on the link that's in the description that allows you to make a small donation or a monthly subscription and that supports our podcast. It allows us to do so much more and we are doing a lot more in season two. So if you would like to support us, the link is in the bio and we are welcoming it. So besides the orange man <laughs> finding out that he will no longer have a job come January 20th, what else is there in the news? There's so much more I want to say on that, but I won't um, <laughs> because, you know, this is already getting deep into the political weeds. But you know what? My opinions and thoughts are coming, so stay tuned. But you know what I did want to talk about because it was at the forefront of this election, but also the others and just life in general. But the media and the media coverage over things like elections and political things and just things happening in the world and how they affect people's views and perceptions. Oh, well, I definitely have thoughts about the media and just the way they cover things. I think a good example of that is just Johnny Depp and his legal case with his ex-wife and whatever that UK newspaper is that he was suing. Oh, is that recent? Yes. Or, well, the case started, it was like last year, but it was just recently um, decided. But to me, it's just interesting that, you know, there was a lot of coverage in the beginning when his ex-wife, Amber Heard, came out and told her side of the story. Yeah, I remember and we spoke about that. I didn't think anything of it at first because I didn't really care much for Johnny Depp and I didn't know <laughs> who Amber Heard was. It just seemed odd to me that, you know, the media covered only her side of the story. And when he kind of told his side of the story, it was just silence. And it's not like, you know, your typical case where, you know, the woman says something and the man comes out and just says, you know, everything she said was lies, 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 don't believe her, you <laughs> right. know, like trying to discredit her. I think they had recorded a lot of conversations um, between them, some of them in therapy. And the conversations just show it was just, it's just hours of listening to this woman pretty much like gaslight him speak to him condescendingly it kind of sounded like it sounded like emotional abuse mm. and in the conversations she admits to actually hitting him like throwing pans at him she also even admits to starting fights with him and 
one of the things she complained about was that she was angry that every time they got into a fight, he would leave. How has he been painted as an abuser when she's complaining that every time they got into fights and she got physical, that he would leave? She basically said something along the lines of, I know I'm going to get physical, but like, you can't just leave when I get violent. Like, you just have to stay and we have to work it out. In what world can someone <laughs> say that and like for someone to actually admit something like that and it's just like just no coverage mm-hmm. like it's just yeah I'm, it's just kind of shocking but i mean i don't know because i guess i think that we i mean we've definitely talked about this before this idea of like those stories don't sell as well people want certain people to be the bad guy and like I just think that if the story, although this is interesting because I do feel like this is kind of a twist and it could be, exactly, you know, but... it could be lucrative, but I don't know. I think if, if it doesn't sell, it's just not going to make headlines. See, like I, this is, this is definitely a story. When it is a twist, it's definitely a story. I think it's just that the media would have to acknowledge that they are wrong in the way they reported the story in the beginning. And I also just, it's very different than how your usual stories turn out. So it's like, I guess they just don't want to go with something that's against the prevailing narrative. It's also really hard to bring legal action against media companies. It's really challenging because, yes, you have like libel and defamation and slander, but you also have like freedom of speech, which in certain countries and certain jurisdictions, that's considered to be, you know, part of their constitution or the bedrock and framework for their country. And so as a result, more often than not, media companies and publishing sites can sometimes publicize things that are untrue and go unchecked for various reasons. Like, obviously, you know, that doesn't always happen. And there are people who who do have their day in court and do win. I think it's not necessarily that because it's court, things happen, you know, it's, it's usually the battle of who has the better lawyers. But my thing is not necessarily that and what the media said about the situation. It's just very strange to me that there was no coverage about the other side of the story. And the sad thing is they kind of forced him to resign from Fantastic Beasts, which is also strange because after all the negative publicity from, you know, J.K. Rowling this summer, <laughs> Messy with uh, people Oof. labeling her as transphobic. It's like she dug that anyone... <laughs> hole for herself. I'm sorry. I can't, yeah, she definitely did. I, I can't have sympathy for someone who just like. But it's you like, know. is anyone going to watch this movie anymore? Yo, and what did she say recently? She wrote another book. Oh yes, that book about like a man. Well, the for, issue for that context, everyone had. What is the book about? This new book. It she was wrote. a book about I think a serial killer who's a man who goes around killing people pretending to be a woman. Which, by the way, if you don't know, we've talked about this before on the podcast, but J.K. Rowling, Rowling, whatever her name is, earlier this year made some comments that many considered to be transphobic. I don't even remember what she said. I, I don't either. But to make this book was just kind of a slap in the face. <laughs> yes. And it was like, the funny thing is, um, I think it was like Blair White. I was watching her YouTube video. Mm-hmm. And she was like, He's like, I read this book, so you don't have to. Apparently, it was, I don't know, it wasn't like a, it wasn't like the focus of the book. Mm. But I think the way that, like, she promoted it, the description of the book, not the description, what's that thing where they have, like, the, um, like, the oh. summary of the book that they usually have, like, on the... In the sleeve. Yeah. No idea. Whatever that thing is called. It's like, <laughs> in that, they kind of make it seem like that was a, the entire 
focus of the book. Mm -hmm. So I think she wrote a book and then this whole controversy happened and she's like, hmm, how do I piss off my detractors even more? Oh my God. I'm going to write the description of this book in a way that makes it seem like I'm attacking trans people, even though my book has nothing to do about this and I'm just going to put it out. <laughs> and she did that. She did she, just that. She did that. that. Well, anyways, because we kind of like... <laughs> <laughs> On our tangent about I mean, that's just what we do. I mean, if if people don't know that at this point, they shouldn't be listening. (laughs) Okay, so back to Johnny Depp. He was forced to resign from this movie, which I don't think anyone's going to watch anymore. Well, maybe people still watch, a lot of people still watch the movie, but maybe less. And I think it's just interesting to see that he still has a lot of supporters. Not like in the way that some other like popular male celebrity gets accused of something and there's people who defend them just because we don't believe this woman she's lying or i haven't seen that many people who are actually like against them and i think it just speaks to the fact that like there's just so much evidence that's kind of in his favor that supports his claims that he was the one who was being abused in this relationship but then like it's just just got absolutely zero coverage i think i saw one major news outlet cover it and in that video like they just kind of like glossed over it's like they just reported it as like okay this happened some of these claims were made but it's like oh it was like a one minute thing it wasn't anywhere near the same level of coverage yeah i mean the fact that he still has people support him i think to me is some sort of hope like it speaks to the reality that maybe not everybody is sold to just the lies that are fabricated and mass produced. Like, you know, when you go to Shoppers Drug Mart and there are those like magazines in the stand and it's like I, Kate Middleton <laughs> slapped Megan in the face like four times before. I'm like, like we've been going to Shoppers <laughs> regularly for how many years? And for the longest time, like you would decades. see articles like, you know, Kanye and Kim are going to break up. Oh and I'm like, my gosh. They're still together or it's it, just... it like it, it baffles me up. People have to be buying them because they're yep. still being sold. I, I, I asked the like the clerk one day. I'm mm-hmm. like, people buy these. And she's like, yeah, all the, all the time. time. It just baffles. How could a company print blatant lies <laughs> and sell it? And how like how is it allowed? Like, I, this is the world we live in. People can just blatant lies. Look yeah. at like news articles. Like nowadays, clickbait is the norm. Absolutely. And no one complains about it. It's just you, you are expected to use clickbait to bring in views. For sure. And I will say again, like, you know, maybe there's hope. Maybe we are moving towards a I mean, I don't know if there's hope for this world. If you haven't watched The Social Dilemma on Netflix, I highly recommend it. I don't think there's hope. <laughs> and you know why? I think Johnny Depp is the exception to the rule. But then, like, example, Justin Bieber, a few months ago, there yeah, was some we talked about this. Yeah, that random account yeah. just claimed that he raped some girl and people ran with it. Like, Megan Thee Stallion, like, she got shot. In the foot. Yes, is in the foot. Are people she got shot twice. debating that? There are people, you, every oh post gosh. about it, like, you go on social media, there would be people oh, saying, like, really oh, like, oh, yeah, like, gosh. he didn't shoot her. I'm like, what do you mean, like, he didn't shoot her? <laughs> like, 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 did, like, she shot herself? I'm like, what do you think happened? I'm like, people are just ridiculous. Like, I don't think there's any hope. I think there's less hope. Johnny Depp is just an exception to the rule. Can I just say, for the longest time, I thought Tory Lanez, I always confused him with, um, oh, man, I never remember his name. He was he's like light skin. <laughs> that could be anyone. He was in like the Preacher's Kid movie. He played the cousin. Oh, Trey Songs. Yes. 
I don't know how. <laughs> you always get it right when I do that. When I never know what his name is. Yes, Trey Songs. What was it? Tory Lanez? I don't know. I don't know. Whatever reason. <laughs> just. Anyways, the people in, in the social dilemma also don't think that there's hope. But And maybe Johnny Depp is the exception, but I just think all I can say and encourage people constantly always is in this era of post-truth to consistently seek out the truth and not to take everything at face value or even just at first instance like really dig deeper um because at the end of the day those media companies are trying to make a dollar this is making me think about a conversation or more like an art a debate that i and a couple of people were having over discord earlier today and at some point someone had posted an article and it had a headline that i guess supported her point and i clicked the article and it was hidden behind a paywall it was, I, I think it was a new I, york times article i hate when that happens oh it's the worst but i think it's like outline.com if you use it for some sites yeah you can put in the link and like you can read the whole thing oh Yes, it's great. But it didn't work for the New York Times article. Okay. So I couldn't see the article because it didn't work when I put in outline.com. Right. I was like, oh, um, is there any way I can see this without a paywall? And she's like, it doesn't matter. I'm like, and some other stuff. But I'm like, what do you mean it doesn't matter? This whole debate was about misinformation. She believes Trump and his claims about, you know, election fraud and all that. And the rest of the people who were arguing in this debate did not. So we're having this whole thing about misinformation she's like you know you guys just believe the media and whatever they tell you and all this misinformation fake news and whatnot and i'm like you just linked me an article and i can't form an opinion on an article that i didn't read you're trying to convince me that the media is terrible and that they spread lies and misinformation but the basis of the argument you don't accept the fact that i won't form an opinion about an article that i can't even read what type of logic is that that's why I don't have hope for the world. But then again, they did just vote out the orange man. This is very, very true. And I literally couldn't be happier. 